Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of another film podcast. My name is Colin. My name is Tierney. My name is Matt. We got to get better at that. <laughs> I thought Matt was going to go next. I know. It's like... <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I, I need never to know go. the rhythm anymore. Well, I was just, I'm perfectly fine with like switching it up who intros, but we need to get better at who is going to pick up who after. are the backup dancers yeah. <laughs> yeah you know we're still new at this it's yeah we're still figuring out the kinks um 50 yeah, some episodes in like you know. we're in our second year calendar year i guess we haven't actually been doing this for two years but um we're in our third calendar year actually 2020 2021 and now 2022 two oh, shit you're right oh fuck bless that <laughs> we did it everyone <laughs> But this one, the the one that we're recording today uh, and posting hopefully within the next couple of days for listener, uh, was supposed to be recorded in 2021. <laughs> uh, this was supposed a, to all be done yeah, by December say, 31st, yeah. 2021. <laughs> we had some plans for what we wanted the pod to end the year on. And then, you know... Uh, Omicron decided that it had its own plans, and so just like everything else in the world is getting delayed, the the finale of the 2021 (laughs) film festival uh, got delayed to early 2022. Tragic. Truly tragic. Um, But anyway, so yeah, this is uh, the last movie of this quote-unquote this year's uh, festival, Um, our season two, if you will. Um, and so this was my pick, and the movie I selected was is called Waves from 2019. Um, I we will obviously talk a lot more about it, but my exposure to this movie was um, it premiered at Telluride, and several like film bloggers, like people I follow on Twitter who were at Telluride, were just like left the theater and were raving about this movie. It was an A24 joint. The trailer dropped. It was set to Godspeed by Frank Ocean. And I was like, give me this movie immediately. <laughs> like, I need this movie right fucking now. Um, and then it came out, I think, in, like, November. Like, mid-November was when it, like, started being released. But it was a very, very slow release. So, like, it wasn't open in Denver. I couldn't see it. But then I was in Chicago for a work trip. And the hotel that I was staying at was like down the street from the River East, and was they this had when you waves. Were December. Yeah. yeah, this was that. Yeah, it was early December of uh, 2019. When we went to Holiday Club. Yeah, you and I went to Holiday Club. <laughs> Club. <Clurb. laughs> um, but yeah, the hotel I was staying at for this work meeting was like down the street from the River East, and they had waves, and I was like, "Oh fuck yes, I'm gonna go see waves," and. Uh, I did, I did a double feature that night. I saw. I was looking at my list. I saw Queen and Slim first, which is a movie that I have like basically completely forgotten about. <laughs> and yet, then I followed it up with Waves, which is a movie I can't stop thinking about. Like two years later, three years later, <laughs> um, I was just completely blown away by this movie. I, I, I mean, yeah. Like I said, we'll talk more about it. But I like I, it ended, and I was just sitting in the theater. I sat through the entire credits. I was just, like, sitting there, couldn't move, and then proceeded to think about this movie for the next, like, several days. It was just washing over you like waves. (laughs) 
Um, and I, since literally that, since that night of early December 2020 or 2019, I have been desperately trying to get at least Matt to watch this movie. Like, just so aggressively trying to get Matt to watch this movie. Um, and I finally figured out a way. This is it. This is my last episode of the pop, you guys. It was all a long con to get wow. you guys to watch Waves. <laughs> and like, thank you for finally watching this movie with me. And now we can talk about it and then I'm done forever because I've, I've achieved my goal. <laughs> so. Yeah. I've requested that Tyranny attach uh, the screenshots of all the times that Colin has texted me about Waves to this episode. Um, so hopefully you'll be able to view every message that he sent me about this movie which was more than 10 i think it was like 20 uh, different wasn't it? periods of time like... it's so many and it's from months apart and just every so often being like bitch please watch waves <laughs> and me being like i will soon and then he gave me the digital code so that i had it in my library and you still didn't Sometime watch it in 2020 yeah, that was like... i still didn't watch it i have not i did not watch it until we had to for this pop um so yeah, I mean the text messages get increasingly more and more frantic and more <laughs> and, like, desperate, aggressive. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I'm starting to get angry at you that you haven't watched this movie that I provided for free to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's a that's. But anyway, so yeah, that's that's my relationship to this movie, and I will say I'm gonna like spoil what's about to happen next, but um, I believe that both of you also really enjoyed it, and that makes me yes. so happy. Um, cause I was very nervous. Like this movie, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Like the reviews were mostly positive, but like the ones that were negative were like pretty negative. And I think that there's, oh, really? yeah, I think that there's like, I can see why this would be a polarizing movie. Um, so I was like a little worried that one or both of you might not enjoy it. But the fact that you did just makes me so happy and I'm so, so excited for this conversation. But anyway. I don't want to I was step on your to toes. Do a fake too. Out. <laughs> I was planning on doing a fake out and like right now be like, I fucking hated it. <laughs> After all of the text messages that I sent, like ruining the, the surprise of the pop. And I was like, but what if all of that had just been to conceal how much I hate <laughs> and like stab you live on air. Colin that would be probably so crying. That would be so savage. <laughs> I genuinely probably would cry. Like I was so excited that you loved it. And if you took that away from me, I, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> um, let's go in order of watching then. So since Colin watched it first, Tierney, uh, yeah. what's your experience? So I watched this, oh God, maybe three weeks ago at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'll do my best to, I have notes, but uh, it's not as fresh in my mind. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I watched it two days, a day before we were supposed to, two days before we were supposed to originally record. I was like, this is so good. And then these bitches went and got COVID. (laughs) Done got infected. And so Matt's like, I've been wanting to talk. Collins, I guess, has the the biggest violin of the three of us having to wait two years. (laughs) But but Matt's been like, I just want to talk about waves for one week. Meanwhile, it's been three weeks for me. Um, But no, I, I thought it was great. I... We can get into more of the details, but there, I'm really, I have no idea how it could be a polarizing movie. Uh, Interesting. Just, I like, don't know, I don't know <clears throat> what they could have, could have focused on to be like, 
I don't like this because it is like <laughs> yeah. incredibly well done. I think. Yeah. It's so yeah. tense. Um, it's like the most suspenseful high school movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, my experience with the movie is basically the same as Tierney's, except I watched this like, yeah, just before the new year. Um, and, you know, had gotten so many texts from Colin that I was like, boy, oh boy, what if I hate this? Um, <laughs> and I, I was so impressed with it. Um, and I don't know at what point I decided like, oh yeah, this is a special movie. Um, but I feel like the first moment that I recognized like the, the techniques that were happening were stuff that I felt there were, uh, I listened to a podcast once that talked about Phantom Thread and how in the first five minutes of the movie, you feel like you're in the hands of a master. I think I listened to that same podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and oh, oh wait, our, but I also referenced that in our podcast about it, but there's a different one that whatever. Anyway, is that the one where he talks uh, about how you're basically just watching a man get dressed? Maybe. Oh, anyway, maybe I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but with this one, uh, I feel like the wrestling match where it's like that quick pan and then like the zoom in on them, like getting ready to wrestle felt like a PTA or a Fincher or any of these other like really well-established directors. Uh, and the whole movie just has this kinetic energy that just drives you right to the end. Um, and yeah, and I think after I finished it, I was like, yeah, that was great. Um, but yeah, it, it was a remarkable movie. You texted us halfway through the movie and you were like, oh my God, guys, this is incredible. And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I have, I mean, we could, I could wait to, to say some stuff until we're like getting into it. But here's what I'll say as my overall uh, perspective on this movie. I think it might be one of the best that we've watched for any of our festival picks from our apartment until now. I think this might be one of the best movies that's been selected. Yeah. Uh, I will also say that it is exactly the kind of movie that we wanted to program in these kinds of uh, festivals. Like, uh, it fits all of the things that our goal is in this podcast and in our uh, film festival. And so, like, to that credit, too, like, it's an all-time pick for the 1F Film Festival Ramis. Uh, so yeah, with that hyperbole <laughs> now out there, uh, I, I couldn't be more excited to talk about this movie. Uh, and this is going to be a long pod probably because there's so much to say about it. Yeah, I. it was really interesting because when I left the theater, I didn't really know how to like put into words what I felt about the movie. Um, but like, I just, I kept thinking about how, and it came back to me when I rewatched it last night, like the, the best word I can use to describe this movie is visceral, which sometimes has like a negative connotation to it, but I don't, I don't think of it in a negative way for this movie, but like this movie just, it brings you in so quickly. And I think a lot of that is kind of like, like what you were talking about, Matt, like you can tell that Trey Edward Schultz is like had an exact idea of what he wanted this movie to be 
and he like made that movie and like you can tell that he like all of like the camera work that he's doing and all of the act like the acting and everything that he's doing or that you know the actors are doing is just like so pitch perfect and it's all like combined into this one thing and it just it it draws you in and it makes you feel everything like the emotional yeah. ride that you go on in this movie is unlike almost any emotional ride I've ever been on in any other movie I've ever watched. <clears throat> like it's real. That, like, it's so yeah. real. Like the highs are so high and the lows are so low and you feel all of them like deeply within you every and single time something happens. All there. Like often in a movie if it's like a sad story they'll just show all the low bits. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a good movie, you'll have mostly high bits, but, like, reality doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, I just, I just loved it. <laughs> yeah. the, if you, like, you said visceral is the one word that you would use to describe it. Uh, the word that I figured out today of why I think uh, I loved it so much is the word intimate. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. this incredibly mm-hmm. intimate, personal movie that, like, you are constantly in spaces that you're the only one with these two characters or this one character and you're with them at those moments those lows and those highs where like it feels like it's the whole movie feels like it's stuff you shouldn't be seeing um Mm -hmm. or not necessarily shouldn't be but that you're never like in the good moments it's stuff that you're like rarely lucky enough to get to see and in the bad moments it's stuff that you would never want to be part of but you are seeing all of it Mm -hmm. and you're intimately tied to these characters, the side characters, the main characters, uh, and you're there for like every heartbeat uh, throughout the movie. Uh, Yeah. Just remarkable. Um, Is this this it? Should we get in? I mean, I think we, yeah, I think we just dive in. Yeah. I mean, I didn't take any notes. Um, I took so many. (laughs) I mean, maybe you should govern the discussion then. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I'll 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 cede the floor to you. But I think part of the reason why I didn't take notes, and this kind of goes back to what I mentioned, like when I like was leaving the theater. Like, there's a lot of things to talk about in this movie, but the thing that struck me is just like like the emotional connection that I had to this this ride that I went on. So it's like it's not like I have specific things that I want to say, but I like will just think back to this movie and be like, man, that was like one of the most remarkable film watching experiences I've ever had in totality. So like I'm happy for you to lead the discussion and we can see where it goes, but I don't really have any like particular things of note because it all worked so perfectly for me and it all was just so overwhelming. I'll try not to spoil... I was trying not to spoil a segment for later, uh, but I, I'm going to have to anyway. The notes that I took are from the second viewing oh. that I had of Waves, which I did on the plane. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I took notes while I watched it the second time because the first time around, I did not take any notes. I just watched uh, and kind of allowed myself to be bowled over by it. So, like, would I watch this on a plane? Bitch, I did. Uh, <laughs> and I, like, downloaded it in advance to be prepared. Uh and I think the second viewing was even better than the first, uh, which is rare, especially with heavy movies and especially with family dramas. Uh, sometimes it's diminished returns. And in this case, uh, things were 
even more uh I, I could respect things even more the second time around that i didn't even necessarily catch or take the gravity of the first time uh but yeah i uh I, this i watched it two times in uh the time since i watched in, it in like three week, days so. basically <laughs> yeah and i like intended on it as soon as i finished i was like i need to watch that again mm-hmm. almost immediately so yeah, so I do have a lot to say. Um, I also wrote a note that just says I will watch it again frequently. Like this has now joined the rankings of other movies like Place Beyond the Pines, Blue Valentine. Uh, is is this movie other, like, is this movie gonna make it onto the wall? Like a poster might. is of a poster of this movie gonna make it onto the wall? I, I'll <laughs> probably replace another thing. Like I'll probably I'll replace American Beauty. Fuck yeah. Um, do you ever? And I feel do? like. I, <laughs> Like a plastic bag. Yeah. I I feel like I almost texted who needs American Beauty when you can watch Waves instead. Uh, and it's not doing the exact same thing, but I think that whatever this movie's doing is better than whatever American Beauty I barely remember um, American Beauty. It's a, a, American Beauty is a lot more satirical and like Isn't he also comedic. a pedophile? Well, I mean, Kevin Spacey yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, but also the character is like... Right. <laughs> it's a weird romantic relationship of a high schooler that is the central conflict of the movie. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Not necessarily pedophile, but, like, is... I couldn't remember how old she was, but I do remember it was, like, a... I mean, she's like definitely in student. high school, but I I think she's, like, senior year of high school, so, like, she might be eight. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in Maybe she's 10 plus grade, years. Maybe she skipped don't know. But, yeah, so, she, like, Maybe she might know. be 18... I don't know, but it's, yeah, it's definitely, like, a weird vibe. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about American Beauty. Let's we're not. I don't want to talk about American <laughs> Let's not do it, because what I, so here's what I, I want to start this off, because this is, I think, where uh, I just want to start the, the conversation. The acting in this movie is incredible, top to bottom, every person. Yes. Um, and I think it's... Everyone is kind of a revelation in this. Where, like, I don't know if I've seen anyone in this as good as they are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelvin Harrison Jr. is, like, a revelation. Like, up, like I have seen him in It Comes at Night and saw him in a couple other things that I was like, oh, Trial of Chicago 7, okay. But didn't, like, take note of him because mm-hmm. I don't think he was given material to do what he's p- capable of doing, with which this movie is, like, a blowout revelation where you're like, holy fuck, this kid is acting in every direction the right way and can give can make you feel sympathy and empathy and, like, heartache even at the most deplorable actions that he does um, because you just understand, like Sterling K. Brown says in this, that he is a human being. Mm-hmm. And everyone in this is so genuinely human and lived and real mm-hmm. uh, that I was, yeah, Kelvin Harrison, we could start uh, talking about, but like every performance we should talk about in this movie. So, yes, I agree with you. I also, I have, a, I had a similar relationship to Kelvin Harrison Jr. where I had like seen him in some stuff, but he was not like, it wasn't noteworthy to me that he was in this movie-ish. Um, earlier in 2019, I had seen the movie Loose, um, L-U-C. I just watched that last night. And that was, uh, that premiered at Sundance in 2019. It came out in like fall of 2019. And I saw that 
because they like got, got got good reviews out of Sundance, so I went and saw it. I I didn't really like the movie didn't really work for me, mm-hmm. but I remember his performance in that movie and being like, oh, okay, like he's really good in that movie. And if anything works in that movie, it's exclusively because of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I had that in the back of my pocket, but I still, it, like, because I didn't connect to that movie, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, like, Calvin Harrison Jr.'s in this new one that I'm going to go see. It was just like, oh, yeah, that was a movie that I saw, whatever. I would say, like, 30 minutes into this movie, into Waves, I was like, is Calvin Harrison the greatest actor in the history of acting. And like, obviously that's hyper, like hyperbole, but like he's so, he's really good in loose and he's so much better in this. And like seeing both of those movies in 2019, relatively close to each other. I was just like, Holy fuck. Like this yeah. guy, this guy needs to be like a mega star. Like he needs to be in everything. And he's just so perfect and so magnetic you cannot take your eyes off him when he's on the screen yeah i didn't know who he was never seen anything he was in before but i was kind of like you said i was just like he's hitting all of the beats that need to be hit Mm -hmm. um to where it doesn't even feel like acting if that's kind of Mm -hmm. what you're talking about matt when like it feels like you're watching real life it doesn't feel like you're watching a movie um, with the exception, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, of the lighting and cinematography was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very, very good. Mm-hmm. I kept being like, why is there blue and red? Why is it always blue or red? And then <laughs> when the cop car <laughs> cop lights go, I was like, you're an idiot, Tierney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of yeah. my notes, though, are just like really pretty suspenseful for a high school movie <laughs> before that it's uh-oh with the pills and then pretty suspenseful for a high school movie why didn't alexis take a pregnancy test uh and then i just said his sister oh my god she's so sweet with the bathroom scene and then i said damn this movie is so intense yeah and then i <laughs> i had like two notes for the entire rest of the movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think I mean, while we're talking about performances, uh, and while you had that note about the bathroom scene, let's talk about that bathroom scene, which is maybe the emotional core of the movie. Uh, I'd say it's like, the thing that joins the two halves together. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah. they're family. And, you could get by with that being the thing that joins the two of them together, but I think that that is the moment that joins the two halves together. Yeah, and it's an exemplary example of... Exa- Wait, is that redundant? Exemplary? Exa- it might be. Yeah, I think, uh, a little. Anyway, it's an exemplary moment of this movie where you do get the intimacy and the visceralness and the joining of these two plots and incredible acting from both of them, and it's all in this moment of, like, he's vomiting, and it looks basically like it's real vomit. Mm-hmm. Like, it does not look put on and like it's not in the toilet and it's like just in this shared bathroom and taylor russell's reaction of like oh no oh no like waking up to find her brother throwing up and like shirtless like that moment of her just trying to comfort him and him just breaking down and saying i'm sorry i just had a really bad night i just had a really bad bad night i'm so sorry 
I didn't mean to, is like devastating. Like that's the moment where you're, where I think watching Kelvin Harrison, you're like, is this one of the best actors that we've seen recently, maybe ever? Like it's it's such a raw and like gut wrenching and tragic scene. Uh, yeah, I like wrote down specifically uh, for that the bathroom after the night out. I'm sorry, because uh, yeah, that that moment I was like, we got to talk about that moment. Which then, if we want to now pivot, almost like the movie does, to Taylor Russell. Oh my god! Oh, outstanding my god. performance! Oh my god! <laughs> I yeah. fully cried with that montage of her just being by herself all the time. It, it is so awful. sad. It is astounding. Like, the the entire first half of the movie, <clears throat> little over the first half of the movie, like, she is a non-character. Like, she's there, yeah. but she, like, barely has any lines. She, you know, has, like, she's just kind of, like, on the periphery. And then, when the turn happens, which we'll get to at some point, I'm sure, but I don't know if we're quite ready to, mm-hmm. to get there now, but when the turn happens, it is astounding that she is able to like full like it is her movie like it it is it it shouldn't work like it should not work that this character who's like barely around and then just like becomes the main character all of a sudden like dominates everything as much as she does but her performance is unreal yeah and like you said for how non-existent she is for the first half like it took me the second watch to actually appreciate how much she's in the first half of like the scene at the diner after church mm-hmm. where they're just like talking about their different like responsibilities that week and like what they have to do. I like missed that scene for what she is bringing to it because I was so focused on him and Sterling K. Brown's relationship mm-hmm. and how tense that relationship is that you kind of miss who. Emily is to this family and to her brother and to her dad. And then even the lip gloss scene that happens the night of the Maverick ball. Mm -hmm. I missed that that was her. I didn't even realize that that was Emily (laughs) in that scene until the second time around. Were you on your phone, Matt? Yeah, I was going to say. No, I think I was like paying more attention to like. um, Well, you were paying attention to Alexa Demi's character. Yeah. Because how she's the entire like, movie enjoying her night. Right, the entire yeah. movie up to that point had been about her. So like you weren't yeah. expecting the twist that happens and you weren't expecting like the the shifting of like character focus. So I, I completely yeah. agree with you. And I think that was another thing that like truly bowled me over the first time I saw it was just like Yeah, I was not expecting this. And then it happened, and then I was like, oh my god, this is still phenomenal. Yeah. And like I think I miss that it was Emily because there's no hard feelings between uh what is his girlfriend's name? No, that's how Goddess in his phone. That's how yeah. I knew it was her. Was cuz well A because it's her face, but yeah. because there's no hard feelings. Because Alexis. Yeah. Ale- oh, it, it is Alexis. Yeah, yeah I thought like, I'm but f- like watching it the second time around, that's why I was like, "Oh, like they're just I assumed it was just like another girl." Because I just wasn't paying attention to the fact that it was his sister. Because she's in so few of the movie before that. But, like, that I thought it was just, like, oh, 
this is just her enjoying her night and like talking to one of the other girls. I did know that it was his sister when he came into the party. I was able to register like, oh yeah, she's seeing her brother come in. But like, yeah, I just, I was more focused on Alexis and like how she was moving through this night and just like socializing with people. But yeah, it took me until the second time to be like, oh fuck. (laughs) But yeah. um, And then, yeah, Taylor Russell's monologue when she's fishing with uh, uh, Sterling K. Brown is like another gut punch moment. Uh, I think I cried both times with that scene uh, because she's just so good in it. That scene is impeccable. They're both fantastic in it. Like, the dialogue is fantastic. Like, what they're saying to each other is incredible. You mentioned it already, but um, when she just starts talking about how, like, he's evil and she hates him, and Sterling K. Brown is just like, he's not evil, he's just human. And it's just, like, that line is just such a gut punch. That Yeah, both times I've seen this movie, that, that scene just destroyed me. Um, and, and, yeah, and all of these moments... Uh, we could talk about Sterling K. Brown. We could talk about uh, uh, who's who's uh, Angelica? Renee Lee Scoldsbury. Renee Lee Scoldsbury, uh, who's excellent in this. But everyone has a breakdown moment where they cry. And I maybe have mentioned this on this podcast, uh, but I love scenes where people break down and cry. Uh, they're, like, guaranteed to work for me if it's, like, <laughs> the genuine reaction to how you, like, have to control your emotions or how it, you just can't hold it in anymore and you just gush tears, which, like, Taylor Russell in the elevator towards the end of the movie mm-hmm. where she's, like, controlling her breathing going, like, <gasps> it was like, oh, yeah, you're fucking nailing this. Like, this is exactly how it feels when you're, like, too overwhelmed by emotion and you get so many scenes of that in this movie that I was like, yes, give me more. This is a buffet of breakdowns. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like Sterling K. Brown and her fishing was like one of the best ones in the movie. Uh, God, so good. Uh, I'm interested because you said you didn't pick up on stuff the um, the first time with like uh, Tyler's story. What I'm interested to hear more about that. No, more about Emily's story oh, within, within Tyler's story. Okay, got I, like, it. Yeah, I, like, didn't really, like, pay attention to how she operated because you're not expecting to shift to her perspective because she's in so little of the first half that it is she is kind of forgotten. And that's kind of the plot of the second half is that, like, all of this attention was given to Tyler mm-hmm. and to, like, put pressure on Tyler and to, like, give all of the family resources to Tyler to be there for him. But we don't know anything that Emily does. We don't know how she relates to her parents. And she's a good student. But that's it. And then it's just kind of like, okay, but we're going to focus on wrestling. Which I, this is not a criticism of the movie. (laughs) She's always watching. She's always there. I thought that was like, that the way that they threaded her and then handed it over to her story, Mm -hmm. I thought was so well done. And this is, I mean, for probably a mul- multitude of reasons, but I'm also accustomed to <laughs> uh, many siblings, <laughs> even ones <laughs> in the background. <laughs> and so I would be like, I would, I don't know. I noticed, I noticed her in the, in, I've only watched it one time, but I noticed her in the first half 
always in the background to where when that, um, and the fact that you, and this is what I thought was good is the fact that you don't talk to her means you don't know what she thinks about anything. You just see her see it. And then you end up like, does she hate Tyler for making her life miserable to when the bathroom scene happens was like, it's like ripping open a pistachio. To where you've only seen like a sliver the whole time and then you get the whole nut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to where I thought that was like oh, I thought it was I thought that was so I thought that was so good. <laughs> um, it's so good. She's a great pistachio. <laughs> yeah. I love pistachios. Um, also Lucas Hedges was really good. Oh yeah. I mean Lucas oh, Hedges is fuck, yeah. always good. Always good. But like the more awkward charming he is the better he is in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, and he's so awkward yeah. charming in this movie <laughs> That's just like... that first scene of theirs was so endearing <laughs> yeah this might be peak hedges and like he's done a lot of really good stuff i think this one has maybe the most singular moments that i could point to of why i love lucas hedges and yeah, that introduction of saying, do you want to grake something later? And she's like, grake? And he's like, grabs, grabs some food. And you're like, grake? What, is, <laughs> what does that even mean? But he's just so charming and so sweet and goofy. And the way he offers the lollipops is so endearing. He just like he has, has two uh, dum-dums in his pocket. Don't we all? Like, and has like a smile on his face to be kind of like, do you want a lollipop? And she's like, what? <laughs> Also, when he and first he, like, doesn't know where he's going. Yeah, when he first appears in frame too, like from a distance, you're like, mm-hmm. "What is this guy doing?" Yeah, he just yeah. He, everything about him is, especially in that moment, is just like so awkward. Yeah, and not like in an uncomfortable way, just in a like. And I think that, like as we've said, you know, numerous times, and we'll probably continue to say over the course of the rest of this episode. Like, it just felt so real. Like, that mm-hmm. felt like an awkward teenager who's going to go ask a girl out for the first time. Like, everything that he was doing was pitch perfect to that moment. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was all... And, like, the shirt that he's wearing is, like, a little too big, and he looks kind of awkward. Uh-huh. And, like, his mannerisms are awkward. He's making up fake words because he's so, like, f- you know, uncomfortable because he's about to do this thing that he's never done before. You know, like, everything about it is so perfect and so well done. And it's just, like, a microcosm of the entire movie. Every, like, everything is so good. I'm, yeah, and I'm also going to, like, there are a couple notes that I have of just moments that I loved of Lucas Hedges' half of the movie. Rapid fire. Yeah, Uh, when he just goes, when she says something about her grandparents' being dead and he goes that sucks and then after he says that sucks shakes his head at himself like fucking idiot yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's not mentioned at all you just see him react to what he said and be like you fucking dummy and it's so funny and so genuine <laughs> i was like oh man i gotta just take note of that and then uh the line where he's like well i sing vampire weekend in the shower and it just doesn't sound right it just doesn't yeah. sound right like he's so self-effacing and like his self-deprecation is so genuine that it also like everything about this movie is genuine. So I'm just gonna keep saying that word. But like, 
his yeah him just being like no i can't sing it breaks my heart but no it just doesn't sound right <laughs> it's so good yeah i love that when he was like well i can sing in the shower but i'm not good at it <laughs> it's like well that's, yeah. that's, that's sweet also the fact really quick on singing the fact that the whole theme of the movie is what a difference a day makes which wow. is also the Dinah Washington song that I fucking love. It's just <laughs> truly hammered at home for me versus for Colin and also for me. Uh, when uh, I wrote down halfway through the movie, oh, Kendrick, I see why Colin picked this. And, <laughs> and, then, and then at the end we have God is better than the world's best steak. This yep. movie was made for Colin. <laughs> Yeah, I very much remember in the theater the first time I saw this, like, already vibing really hard with the movie. And then you just hear, like, the intro to Backstreet, Backseat Freestyle, and I was like, oh, fuck, are they going to do this? And then, like, and then it cuts to, uh, like, a party on the beach in a bonfire and Tyler just screaming the lyrics to Backstreet Freestyle, Backseat Freestyle. And I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> this is me like i feel so <laughs> this, <seen>. is <laughs> this is bay uh what else you were going through lucas had just best hits there when i tangent i mean us. those those were the two uh funny things that i wanted to make sure i mentioned it is nice that you also see a glimpse of him when he's wrestling tyler mm-hmm. at one of the practices not a plot point not something you need to take note of in the moment but then he becomes such an important character later that it's another one of those like misdirections uh that's so fun to watch the second time around you're like there he is so question for you did you catch that the first time yes okay because i was looking for hedges i was like scoping for that was gonna be my follow-up because as i mentioned for hedges (laughs) 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 because like i said i had seen an early like a Calvin Harrison, Calvin Harrison Jr. performance earlier in the year. And, like, obviously I know who Sterling K. Brown is. Obviously I know who Renee Elise Goldsberry is. But, like, going Didn't into this... Didn't know who Lucas Hedges was. <laughs> <laughs> going into this movie, like, Luke, Lucas Hedges was by far the one I was most familiar with. And so when he pops up in that scene, I was like, oh, here's his intro. Here's where he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, from here on like... out is where he's going to be a major player. And then he just disappears again for another, like, 30 minutes. And it was so weird. I was like, where the fuck did he go? Um, But when he comes back, boy, boy, does he come back. Boy, does he come back. (laughs) Which, yeah, I guess now... Okay, well, while we're on acting, Sterling K. Brown, an incredible performance, and, like, does exactly what he needs to do to constantly make things tense. Mm -hmm. And that's both why you don't like him... And why everything that Tyler does makes sense mm-hmm. for how it is set up throughout the movie. Nothing is okay. Nothing is status quo at any point when Sterling K. Brown comes in the room. You're doing this program wrong. You're not lifting enough weights. Are you doing your homework? Are you done with this yet? What time are you getting home? You're falling asleep during church even though you woke up at 5 in the morning to go for a run? Like, all of it is just constantly on Tyler's case and you're like oh my god let up like this is too much pressure for a fucking kid to have to deal with which and like yeah well I was just say which then makes to jump to a different acting performance uh Renee Elise Goldsberry is 
easily the least showy role of all of them, which is not to say that she does not have her moments because she definitely does. But like of all of yeah. them, she is like probably like of all of them, those fairly major players, she just has the least stuff to do in this movie, which is fine. There's a lot of characters in this movie. She still has very important moments. But to your point, when she has her breakdown scene and she's just like, you pushed him. Like, and she gets to that point, you're, you, like, feel so much empathy for her and what she's going through because you've seen all of the stuff that Sterling K. Brown did in the first half of the movie. And it just makes her her breakout so much more effective. Um, Absolutely. She, yeah, I mean, like, everybody crushes it in this movie. Yeah, and I think because now he's me- redirecting his pressure that he would put on Tyler onto her now Mm -hmm. where he's like, you're not even going to work. Like, it's not about the sex, but like, you're not keeping up with this family. Like, where are you for? And it's like, Oh my God, it's always someone else. That's not keeping up with things. Like you are putting too much pressure on everyone else and calling people out constantly doesn't help people feel like they're loved or like they're given any sort of like understanding for how much they do do. So like, Doo-doo. That pressure, the doo doo, yeah, I knew you were gonna comment. <laughs> but like, I think like in that moment too, you're like, oh my god, you're now you're on her case, and for her to blow up back at him, and then for that scene to precede him finally taking on responsibility for like how much pressure he put on Tyler and how obsessed with perfection he's been uh, later when he's with Taylor Russell, like. I think it just has the such like such good emotional depth for like the pressure that he's felt now to be redirected and then for him to realize like yeah maybe it is actually something I need to like cool off on. It's not about how much can I push everyone. Which I think the racial aspect is also interesting in this movie that like uh what is what is the name of the Trey Edward Schultz? Yeah, Trey, Trey Edward, Edward Schultz. Schultz. Said that originally it wasn't necessarily a black family that was like he knew he wanted to work with uh Kelvin Harrison Jr and so like built around that and i think that's such an interesting aspect that's added in as a motivator for Sterling for uh Ronald's character to be like we can't be average like you have to try harder you have to do more because you're a black child in america mm-hmm. like you've got to keep pushing yourself and the idea <clears throat> of like that, like, even Ronald at his, like, most aggressive and most pushy and most, like, pressure cooker, it's still a result of societal pressure for him to be a perfect father and a perfect provider and a black man who's successful in the world. And, like, that also gives him, like, you can forgive him for the things that he's done. Everyone, like, has something that you're able to forgive them mm-hmm. for, like, their worst moments. They're human. And it's all coming from these outside pressures and from these internal pressures that they set on themselves. Uh, and, like, it's remarkable that, like, he's the antagonist of the movie, basically, mm-hmm. but also, like, incredibly uh, understandable and sympathetic in what he's doing and why he's doing it. Yeah. They're all trying their best. Mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah. Every single character. Alexis, Tyler, Mom and Dad, mm-hmm. Emily. Mm-hmm. Lucas mm. Hedges' character, which I forgot his name. 
Um, Luke, Luke, I believe. <laughs> oh, yeah. How convenient. Yeah, Luke and Alexis. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Lucas Hedges plays a character named Luke, and Alexa Demi plays a character named Alexis. So, you know. <laughs> Easy to remember. Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, I have mostly notes about, I think, like the technical quality of the movie then. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, I, I'm good with moving on to those. I, do we yeah. want to talk a little, before we get to, like, the technical, do we want to talk a little bit about, like, the plot stuff that we've kind of been dancing around? Because I do yeah, think... let's do it. I do... So, to what I was saying earlier when I was, like, I could see why some people might not... I could see why this could be a divisive movie. Like, A, the twi- like the turn in general is uncommon. Like, the fact that, like, you follow a character for half a movie and then you follow a completely but different character for half a movie... It. I'm not saying there's anything there's wrong with right. it. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying I could see how somebody, like I could Who's see how a being person spoon fed a narrative doesn't like it. Well, they can mm-hmm. fuck off. I yeah, preach into the <laughs> choir, girl. But I'm just saying I can see yeah. where that would come from. I guess. So even just structurally, I could see that being an issue. <sighs> and then when Most you most people add probably the... love Dunkirk or Inception or. I mean, I, mean, I like those movies, too. It's <laughs> like, wait, wait what? It's the same type of... <laughs> yeah, no, but I bet you someone who would use that same argument would be like, like, you can't just do that, but then also in the same mouth that says those things say that they love Inception. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or, that was more also, criticism like, I... on this this theoretical critic. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. And, I, and like I mentioned... Uh, Place Beyond the Pines earlier as a movie that I've like returned to a lot since I've seen it originally. This reminded me of Place Beyond the Pines because Place Beyond the Pines does that twice yep. to a lesser effect the second time around uh, for a lot of people, but like also faced the same kind of critiques around like that feeling of following somebody and then shifting perspectives and kind of like having to readjust where you are. Having mm-hmm. to work. So yeah. <laughs> having to work having to like think through it right and so i think like so again stupid. i think i could see the i could see people being not as like i could see the structure of the movie being hard for some people to like latch onto, mm-hmm. and then to take it one step further the reason why the movie is structured that way like i could really see that turning people off it obviously did not turn me off but i could see that turning people off um, and so, like, if you haven't watched this movie and you're listening to this podcast, like, we're... Stop. I don't know why, but please stop now. Um, but the fact that, like, you've spent, you know, an hour and ten minutes with this one character, and I mean, two characters, really, but, like, mainly one character, and then that character murders someone, like, yeah. that's... Accidentally. It is, it is accidental. Crime of passion. But it, it, I mean, like, we're in the court. Like, he literally gets convicted of murder, too. Like, he does murder someone. guilty. Yeah, like, he he kills someone. Again, it is not a problem for me. But, like, I could see how that would be, like, that would be really tough. Like, that could be a pretty big hurdle for somebody to to follow. Oh, so hard to hold both and feelings in your brain i don't know why you're mad at me tierney it's like someone someone who basically someone who has that opinion is like not capable of empathy like 
Some people spend 40 years with someone and then circumstances change and shit happens. Yeah. Have some fucking think, compassion. Look, I, I, again. Theoretical <laughs> critic. <laughs> I know I it's not you. To the, I think the idea is, though, that like a lesser movie would follow Tyler into prison mm-hmm. and then you would see him reconcile with himself or get perspective of being in prison or something like that where you follow that story past that point or that the climax of the movie is him killing her and going to prison mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, I did have a moment where I was like, yet. oh my God, is it almost done? <laughs> <laughs> it is a surprise though. You're yeah. like, oh, that happened fast. And then you're like, oh, there's so much more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lesser movie would have done those things, and I think it's a bold and good narrative choice to do that change of perspective. I like bold. That then reframes so much of the previous mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and and clarifies the theme of the movie, yep. which is, I think, what it does so well is that it's not about pressure on a high schooler who then, you know, out of out of frustration and like a burst of temper kills his girlfriend. The point of the and, movie is and and drugs and alcohol. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and there's alcohol, right. Right, right. But like And like the, they don't ever explicitly say it, but like it's not it's not like high school drinking like B ends up I feel like I could be wrong, but he ends up basically addicted to the pills that his dad oh. takes. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly abusing <clears throat> alcohol and pain medicine. Um, and he's abusing them even before we really get to his injury. Like, he's using them for pain management, mm-hmm. but it is at the point where it's like, well, you're not supposed to be constantly managing your pain. You're supposed to address what is causing the pain, which he doesn't do, which then results in the break. Uh, because he doesn't feel like he has an option. Right, right. Because there's too much pressure for him to make any other decision than to keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, and I think the... I was going to say something about the drugs and alcohol or, like, him getting to that point. I forget. Anyway. Uh, Tyranny. Well, it is... I, it, I <laughs> thought kidding. it was interesting because, like... Uh, I mean, I know it's not the case for thousands and thousands of people but like this country does over prescribe pain medication Mm -hmm. often in the form of opiates which is like a whole different thing and it doesn't we like obviously there have been lawsuits that have happened with with pharmaceutical companies but like i mean i was prescribed vicodin when i got my wisdom teeth removed do you know how insane that is I mean, same. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, that's like... A, I mean, I was vomiting, so I didn't use any of it. But, like, then, like, I don't know. My mom has to be like, well, what do I do with this bottle? Do I hide mm-hmm. it? Like, yeah. the fact that, like, those sorts of things are just, like, a doctor gives it to you. And it's like, oh, you had a minor surgery. Here's a heavy pain med. To where, like, the dad probably had, it. like, my guess is it was something like Vicodin, to where it's like, you could maybe take two aspirin, but instead of doctors, 
Did they say it what Oxy. it was? I think it was Oxy. Oh, was that? For his okay. knee. For his knee. For his knee. Yeah. <clears throat> that makes sense why I was thinking of, of like, pharmaceutical companies prescribing opiates if it was Oxy. And I thought I was just jumping to conclusions. No. Um, I'm pretty sure there's, like, a scene when Tyler goes into the medicine cabinet to grab the bottle. I think the camera yes, focuses yes. in on the label just enough that you can tell, like, basically what it is. But those are uh, like... And that it's for his dad. Like, you can see both of those pieces of information on the label. <laughs> but those aren't like... It's not like you're taking three Advil because you got a headache. Like, those yeah. are heavy hitters and, like, leave a physiological effect on your body. I'm a doctor. Did I tell you guys that? <laughs> Congratulations. Um, um, but I thought the way that the that, that was just, like, never explicit... It was like, show, don't tell... A lot of this movie was show, don't tell, which is what I groove on. Uh, and it was just like, here is all of the things you have to put it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even Ron is like, asks uh, his wife, did mm-hmm. you have any of my pain medicine? And she's like, no. And he just waves it off. And you know, he knows who's taking the pill, the mm-hmm. pain medicine, but is okay with it. Because he knows he's pushing his son too much. Mm-hmm. And, like, that concept is, like, vaguely, like, oh, I, if you're going to drink, drink at home so that, like, like, I can know where you are. But it's, like, a weirder version of that to be, like, I didn't whatever think you knew. need to do. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure he knows. From the way he waves it off but brings it up out loud yeah. in front of Tyler is, like, oh. it's it's alerting him to be, like, I know you're taking my pills. Yeah. And I just want you to know that I know. But he doesn't do anything about it. Mm. And, like, a lot of, like that spirals so out of control, and it's because of the pressure that he put on him, and it's because of the pain <clears throat> that he pushed himself through. But, like, in the same way that he's, like, I'll keep an eye on his shoulder, and she's, like, the way you kept an eye on your knee, it's this, like, idea of, like, Zing. you push through whatever your pain is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, a truly insane concept. It's toxic masculinity, yeah. which is, like, another theme of this movie, that, like, the toxic masculinity causes so many problems that it is kind of, like, as much as it's about forgiveness and about, like, finding the humanity in a person who's wronged you or hurt you, it's also about, like, what causes that hurt, and it's toxic masculinity, which Lucas Hedges doesn't exhibit and that character feels like such a breath of fresh air because he just like wants to be a good boy like just wants to be like a nice kid mm-hmm. and what i think and you guys might not have had this experience but given the first half of the movie and that being the case where it's like we can't talk about feelings we can't talk about pain etc cetera, etc cetera, mm-hmm. you kind of are a little bit uneasy for a while when she's mm-hmm. dating him because you're kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop and then when it doesn't it's lovely but like I like you kind of have some of that like anxiety trickle into the second half which I I really I liked that I think I'm gonna <clears throat> take that as an opportunity to jump into one of the technical things that I I missed on my first viewing but I mm. caught uh, when I rewatched it last night but the aspect ratio changes of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, like, I done mirroring the plot of this movie perfectly. Like, it starts with the like the full, like, you know, 1.85 by 1, like, the full widescreen aspect ratio. You get that, the whole image. 
and then it drops to like the tight widescreen, which is like the 2.35, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to like the academy ratio, like the square. And then it like it stays in the square. It's like when he is at his most open and free, it's like the widest possible lens we can see. And then when like the pressure starts mounting on him, what we see, what the visuals are, are presented to us, just get tighter and tighter and tighter along with the story, along with what he's experiencing leading to that moment where he it, it all explodes and then it stays in that tight aspect ratio as the story transitions to um, Emily's character and then as the movie progresses towards its end it starts opening back up again in the same way that she opens up as mm-hmm. like a, a human and like her own person and her own character and, like, I don't know how I missed that, because, like, normally I'm, like, on, I missed it my first time, I'm normally, too. like, on lookout for, like, weird aspect ratio stuff. Um, and I, like, just totally didn't. And I think it was because I was so sucked into the movie that I didn't, like, register, like, what was specifically happening. But when I caught it last night, I was, like, holy shit. This is mm-hmm. amazing. And, like, a lot of people play. I definitely caught it, play- but I didn't put it together why. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, huh, new aspect ratio. (laughs) New aspect ratio. And I like a lot of, I think that's like, especially in like, I feel like fairly recently playing around with aspect ratio has become a thing that a lot of directors want to do. Yeah. But most of them. It's easy with digital film. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's, it rarely seems like it serves the purpose of the narrative. And, like, I think Wes Anderson is one obvious exception. Like, when he's playing around with aspect ratio, there's a reason for it, and it usually is a good reason. Like, with Grand Budapest, it's, like, the shifting of the timelines. So, like, when he's doing stuff like that, it usually makes sense. But a lot of the times, and I I've used, I don't know if I've used it on the pod before, but I've definitely used it in talking to you, Matt. Um, like, Noah Hawley will just, like, throw a new aspect ratio in for no reason whatsoever. Who is and that? You see, he's the guy who did Legion and oh. uh, Fargo. And he did a movie, Lucy in the Sky, uh, with Natalie Portman. And Not with there... diamonds? <laughs> no, Lucy in the Sky with Natalie Portman. Uh, the B-side. <laughs> the famous <laughs> Beatles song. Um, Stands for that famous drug, L L S N P. I was going to say, is she going to land this plane? God, I really... <laughs> but like that movie he just is like switching aspect ratio in the middle for no reason whatsoever and it just pissed me off but whereas mm-hmm. like this movie again I, I didn't notice it the first time but when i noticed it this time and i noticed why he was doing it i was like bravo bravo yeah. trey edward schultz like you are chef's kiss like yeah, that's when you use an aspect ratio mm-hmm. change. And I, yeah, I also missed it and then read trivia about it and was like, wait, there's an aspect ratio change? And then in my second viewing, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it's most of the movie. Yeah. The whole, like, middle of the movie is a different aspect ratio. And it's wild. It's so crazy how it slips past you because you're so tightly aware of what's going on that, like, that is all you're focusing mm-hmm. on. I loved it. I, yeah. Oh. That, I mean, that was... So smart. That's the main technical thing that I wanted to talk about, but I, there are others. Um, yeah. I mean, the 
the parallel shots, like you mentioned how the movie is kind of this like mirror of itself. Mm-hmm. You get parallel shots of both Emily and Tyler alone in a cafeteria at a table by themselves. You get 360 degree shots of them in cars with their person that they love Mm -hmm. where you're just freewheeling and happy and joyous and it's warm. You can feel like the summer warmth that they're feeling Mm -hmm. and like the audio sounds like you're in the car with them. It's like, and both of, both of them have that, the red and blue lights, which Tierney mentioned, like at multiple points in the movie, something is flashing red and blue wherever they are like or just the lighting of like sometimes mm-hmm. just, yeah, the, just lighting the lighting was red or the lighting was blue i thought the the like lighting of this movie was like top notch and it's one of those it's things beautiful. where you really like i feel like lighting is one of those things you only notice if it's really bad or really good mm-hmm. yeah um otherwise it's just like <laughs> there <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. But I thought the lighting was, like, really, really good. What if I was, like, really, really bad? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I thought yeah. it was really good. Just for the this record, is... for our listener, I thought it was really, really good. <laughs> okay. Good. This is a gorgeous movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, strictly, strictly in terms of the visual quality of this movie, it is one of the most beautiful movies I've seen in recent memory. And I know, like, the three of us, like, we talk about that a lot in the movies we watch. <laughs> like, on the pod, we always, like, mention, like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the, blah, 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 this looked good, this looked good, the shot was great. But, like, truly, there are so many gorgeous visuals in this movie. And, like, my thoughts on Florida are very well known, but this movie is so beautiful. It did beautiful. kind of make you want to go to Florida. I was like, this yeah. I was like so do I want to like, live in Florida? <laughs> wait. Can Florida look like this? Because if so, I might be interested. <laughs> yeah. And, like, even even just, like, moments, like, where Tyler storms back home and um, Riley Lee Goldsberry is like, what's going on? What's going on? And, mm. like, grabs his stuff. And then as he's going back into the area, you see the cop lights. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, fuck, they're already there. Like, those touches even of, like, additional points of pressure that are happening and that make you more and more tense of like, I mean, even the fact that like when Tyler goes to follow Alexis at the party and she's with a guy, they're like, oh shit. And they're like, he's just watching them go up to the second floor and doesn't do anything at that point. But like, it just adds an additional layer of like, okay, his sister knows he's there. He shouldn't be there. He's high. He's drunk. He's very angry right now. And she's going upstairs with this guy. Like, there's just so much calculation to everything that's constantly, like, everything is layered on top of itself with additional points of what you should be paying attention to. It's so impressive. Um, Which also, like, it just feels, I mentioned this earlier, but it feels, like, kinetic. Like, a lot of it is, like, moving cameras, following people running, following people moving, in a car, watching the door close. Like, that... So much of it is just moving around. The cam- the camera movement is incredible in this movie. Um, and it, like, yeah. is just another thing that draws you in. Like, like you know, we mentioned all these characters are so well-written and so well-acted that they just are, they are human. Like you said, Tierney, you almost feel like you're just watching an actual family. Um, 
And I think that that would be true even if the camera work weren't as innovative, or it's not innovative, but at least like inventive um, or playful maybe is a better word. Um, But the camera is always moving and like the way that the camera is moving makes you feel like you're in, like in that situation with them. Like the 360 camera pans like when they're in the car like you feel like you're in the car with them and you're like looking over at your friends who are sitting in front of you or behind you like it it, all of those things just continue to draw you in and that when they're when they're leaving the um, abortion clinic and they get into that fight and she gets out of the car and the door slams and the camera like follows in with her and then you just have like that shot of Tyler just like screaming and slamming on his horn. It's, it's just so good. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, what was the, yeah, I I wrote, uh, Planned Parenthood guard as a note, uh, while we're on the topic of that scene (laughs) of like the guard who is, who like, is a moment of levity because he's like, these people are fucking crazy, but like, but it's also, he's just a real performance too, where he's like, Please don't engage with them. Don't let them hassle you. Like, I'm here to protect you. Don't make it any worse. They're fucking crazy. I've seen them with a gun. Don't do it. And, like, another point where, like, a layer is added that adds more tension to the situation. And, like, they are awful, as he said, when they go outside again to leave. Like, but that guard is both a moment of comedic levity because he's so over these fucking protesters. (laughs) But it is also like, God, these fucking people are the worst. Like, the, enough pressure is already on these kids, and then to have these assholes outside. Yeah. Mm. I'll take that off my notes now. Um, <laughs> oh, and then another parallel is, like, both of them sticking their heads out of cars and just, like, enjoying the wind as they drive. Mm-hmm. They both have moments like that, and you're like, yeah, they're brother and sister. They're yeah. the same. They're cut from the same cloth. And the reveal that Renee Lee Goldsberry is not their birth mother uh-huh. is also done in a way where it's set out of anger. I think the first time that we even know that is it's set out of anger from Tyler when he's leaving the house, which is another incredible scene of you finally see him like do everything he can to hurt his parents mm-hmm. to say, I fucking hate you, man. Um, and like that, that, tension is at its peak when he like pushes his dad and tells um his mom like you're not my mom Mm -hmm. my mom's dead you're not my mom at all and then we get more of that story as we're with emily uh but like that dimension is added where you're like oh wait she's their stepmom but she like is their mom like they call her mom Mm -hmm. and when he goes down to say hello to her like uh, yeah. after his homework and like kisses her and talks to her and they like have a good bond there's like there's so many dimensions that you get to like peer into this family from uh, but yeah I only have like a couple more notes <laughs> go the, for the it the fact that he and then, I, and then I'm done the fact that uh, Sterling K. Brown after Tyler wins a wrestling match then is like, if you did it this way, you would have had him 20 seconds sooner. And you're like, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah. Like, also, he already won. Just like, for reference, as someone who's been forced to go to wrestling matches for probably 15 years of my life, <laughs> uh, 
like as a child, not the last 15 years of my life. <laughs> um, That's an like, interesting story. Let's go down that road, Tierney. Tell me more about the last 15 years. No, but years from like age. I can't stop going. Basically, from age four through high school, my parents would make me go and watch my brothers. And like, I know like in WWF, that's how people are pinned. That never happens in high school. Maybe in the Olympic level, but probably not. But to just, like, pick someone up and just drop them on the mat. Like, normally wrestling matches last, like, I don't know, at least five minutes. Yeah. For him to be, like... And it's just all, like, tussling. Yeah, and a lot of, like, like strained faces. Like, the later matches that he has are more realistic of... Mm -hmm of what an average wrestling match looks like to where it's truly insane that, that he pretty much comes out and rips the guy off the ground and pins him. And, and then, then his, his dad dad's is like, like you could have done enough. it sooner. It's yeah. like, yeah, insane. That never happens. <laughs> um, yeah. Similarly, when this, I think it's either the second or third I don't know. It's the, it's the match where he, like, actually injures his shoulder. Um, that was rough. It was very difficult to watch in content, but, like, the camera, like, the way that the camera, like, followed his body's movement, I thought was really cool. And mm-hmm. I also thought the sound design of that moment, Ooh, like, yeah. like when his... Like, when his body hit the mat, you didn't hear a body hitting a mat, you heard, like, cracking. Like, you heard his injury... And then you get to see, like, because the camera is so close, you get to see it on his face. Um, and just, again, Calvin Harrison Jr., my God. My God. Um, but yeah, the, that particular wrestling match was... It reminded me a lot of Creed. Um, like, in the like the first mm-hmm. couple fight scenes of uh, the first couple matches in Creed, where they're oh, yeah. all, like, that single take, you know? And it, it felt like that, where, like, the camera was, like, an active participant in the fight. Um Mm-hmm. Which I really maybe the cameras what would what tore his muscle, probably honestly. <laughs> yeah, um, my last notes are just about the ending of the movie uh, that we get to spend with uh, Taylor Sheridan or Taylor Russell. And, Whoa, <laughs> Taylor Russell and Lucas Hedges when he goes to visit his dying father, which is a parallel of like forgiveness mm-hmm. and like forgiving somebody who hurt you. Another interesting take would be the fact that he's not uh, riddled with toxic masculinity because he was raised by a single mother and didn't really have a relationship with his father. That's an interesting take. Uh, but, like, the uh, the phone conversations leading up to them eventually, like, being a couple are really cute and, like, it adds such levity to then this, like, very heavy, very sad moment in this kid's life that she just happens to be there for, like... Is with, is with him to help him through it and learn on her own how to recover from this tragedy. Uh, but, like, yeah, Lucas Hedges, like, crying and, like, touching his dad's hair and, like, helping him into the bed. All of those just moments like, are just, like, heartbreaking. Telling his dad, like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Like, you can go. It's fine. Do you have fine. any regrets? Yeah, where he's like, do you have any regrets? And he's like, I do. And he's like, you don't have to. Yeah. It's okay. Especially my given dad. that 15 minutes early in the movie, he's like, fuck my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and, and it was that, really I think, sweet to see. 
Yeah, I think those moments with him and his dad, just like a lot of the other moments in the movie that like reveal a theme that's been there the whole time but you haven't quite recognized, is this idea of like lost time, of like the time that you wish you had with people to like really solidify your relationship, you just don't get all the time. And like Tyler's in prison for at least 30 years, maybe life, and that's just lost time. Like that he doesn't get to have with his family. Like all the time that Ronald didn't spend with Emily is gone. Those are years that they weren't connected and that he wasn't following who she was. And then Lucas Hedges and his dad, like it's too late now. His dad is dying and like regrets not being able to be in his life. And it's like these like little glimpses of like, if only you had more time to be like with the person you love and like treat them the way they deserve. And the, in the courtroom during the sentencing, when like Renee Elise Goldsberry, like the sentence is passed down. They're taking Tyler away. They're going to like send him to jail. And she's just like trying so desperately not to just completely lose it. And the camera just cuts to Alexis's parents. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that moment is just so brutal. Cause it's like, you feel for Tyler's family that like, yes, your son is going to jail for probably the rest of your life if not the rest of his life. But they don't have their kid at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that, like, just the camera panning over to them for just, like, a quick second is just so heartbreaking. And another and moment even, like, of that, like, yeah. lost time. Yeah, exactly. And they're not even <laughs> screaming or, like, being particularly volatile. They just look incredibly heartbroken Mm -hmm. and then we check in with them later and they're just visiting her grave because that's all they can do like this is just what life is now um yeah it's just a beautiful movie and yeah we mentioned it a couple times but the soundtrack is incredible and the use of the needle drops and when songs stop and when songs start and what song is being used at which point is also purposeful like and that's maybe what makes this movie so incredible is that it's just meticulously crafted and calculated and expertly accomplished mm-hmm. at every point. Yeah. Fucking waves. Oh, God. It makes me so happy that you guys also loved it. <laughs> and, like, yeah. not just that you guys were like, yeah, that was really good, but that you both, like, really genuinely loved it. Actively like, I, loved I, it. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. ge- I was legitimately, like, concerned. Not concerned, but, like nervous who did you think was not gonna like it it's a good question i don't know if i i didn't think you i think that you guys i i was like you guys would definitely both at least appreciate it i was nervous that you might not like fully me or matt both of you no i I wanted him to dish some real dirt i mean if we're being perfectly honest i was more nervous about matt not necessarily because I, I thought he wouldn't like it, but just because I had been trying to get him to watch it for so long. <laughs> that, was like, that if I hated it If now. you hated it, it would have really sucked. <laughs> yeah. But like and I said, I, 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 I felt it. like you, I, I thought you guys would at least appreciate it. Um, if not, like, like it. But I, I didn't know if you guys would love it. And so it makes me very... It's retroactive. Yeah. It's retroactively my favorite movie of 2019 bless and it might be my favorite movie of this year even though it's not from this year it's the best movie that i've watched this past year for sure bless we are blessed. and i'll rewatch it 
over and over and over again. I will be rewatching this movie. And I was already looking at how much the Blu-ray costs, even though I've got the digital copy already. It feels worthy of being in my physical media collection. Yeah, there was like a... So, when we all lived together, um, I would basically buy, like, any movie at any time. <laughs> like, I was just like, sure, why Even not? Trolls. <laughs> I didn't buy Trolls. For the record, for yeah, listener. Yeah, no, you're right. He bought I, Boss <laughs> Baby instead. Goddamn both of you. <laughs> but when... Uh, when, when boss I moved, baby comes in and is like, "I'm the boss baby," <laughs> I fucking hate both of you. Colin's like, "Yes, give me the physical media." <laughs> um, when I moved to Denver, I stopped buying basically any. Like, I was like, "No, I have to like really connect with a movie to like want to actually spend the money on it." So he um, didn't get Trolls too. So I did not buy Trolls too. <laughs> but I, Waves was one of the ones where I was like, absolutely, like, the day it's released, mm-hmm. I am going to Target and I am buying this fucking movie because I need this movie in my collection. Um, and yeah, it, it paid off. I got I got you guys to watch this movie for free. So <laughs> free, sure free to you anyway. <laughs> but I'm, I'm perfectly happy with the $20 I spent on the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. I felt like actively angry that I couldn't do more with this movie after I finished it. I was like, do I read reviews now? Or like, is there like... Welcome to my life for two years. I know. know. It really felt like, I was like, why aren't more people talking about this movie and why can't we still be talking about this movie now, now that I watched it? All right. I think Um, that's a good uh, segue to some of the categories. Um, I think, well, let's burn through some of the early ones because I think what you were talking about We'll come back in at the, the later category, but um, I, n- nothing like jumped out to me. Like, there's not like an image that I associate this movie with that I would want to get a tattoo of. Hmm. So I'm Florida? wondering if you guys. Yeah, I'm... Florida? Yeah, just the panhandle. Um, no, those... maybe them kissing in the water. Oh, quick sidebar. Uh, when. Mm. <laughs> When he's like, I fucking love manatees. Do you want to go swim with them? First of all, just incredible line delivery. <laughs> Second of all, yeah. when he's like, do you want to go swim with them? Like, up up north, we can go swim with them. And she's like, well, how would we do that? And he's like, it's summer. I'll I'll drive my car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, maybe, I mean, I think what Tierney was <clears throat> saying of, like, her fluorescent nails like wrapped around him as they're in the water. Mm -hmm. Like that would be a cool image with his hair and her nails. Yeah. And that silhouette. Like Siri keeps waking up and trying to like, listen to me. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) I have her turned off on everything. I should turn her off. So she doesn't listen to me. Yeah. Um, I also like, there's, I don't know if I would necessarily want it as a tattoo, but I like the image of it's like, it's pretty prominent in the second half of the movie, but like when the, like when the camera is panning, like pulling back from the, um, from Emily's bedroom window and it like starts and like the whole screen is just like bright white light. And then like everything else starts to come into focus. Um, I just like, is a really beautiful, shot and like you just got like all the little like stuff that she's got on her windowsill and everything um 
again, I don't know if that's necessarily like a tattoo idea, but I just like is a striking image that I think of when I think of this movie. Mm-hmm. Fuck him good would be funny to get tattooed. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck him good. <laughs> um, would you guys spend time on this film set? Oh my god, yeah. 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 Again. Just to watch these people work, I'd be like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Again, not a big fan of Florida generally, but like very much a fan of this version of Florida. <laughs> so, like, yeah, would hang. <laughs> Especially um, if it was filmed in wintertime. My God, count me in. <laughs> it's currently 10 degrees. Well, actually, it's probably currently 3 degrees here in Chicago. Uh, it is Gross. currently 61 degrees in my apartment, and I am oh. not turning my heat on. I'm going to sleep so well tonight. I'm what? very excited about it. <laughs> uh, so we know that Matt would watch this on an airplane. Mm-hmm. I think I probably would, too. Yeah. The only thing I maybe wouldn't watch it on an airplane is, like, I don't know if I would want this movie on that small of a screen. Like, content doesn't bother me, like, all that stuff, but I just, like, I want to be able to, like, fully appreciate this movie. I mean, I watched it it on my iPad. iPad. Yeah, Yeah, I watched it on my iPad Pro, and I was like, I'm right up close to it. I can tell so much more detail. (laughs) I mean, I saw this movie once in a movie theater and then once on a 92-inch projection screen, so, like... Yeah, that's that's iPad's just as big. I, yes, my like seven and a half inch iPad. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we'll find out because I've got a work trip coming up next week that somehow isn't being canceled. So maybe I'll fire up waves on the plane. <laughs> um, the email that I sent to you guys, uh, the subject line. Let me pull it up real quick. Was Frank Ocean the music video the movie? Uh-huh. It's a beautiful movie with a lot of Frank Ocean in it. And the song Waves is in Waves. Yeah, so <coughs> good stuff. Um, all right, so then the other category that I want to talk about, which dovetails nicely with what you were saying, Matt, which is, like, why aren't more people talking about this? Why don't? Why didn't people talk about it then? This movie was not nominated for a single Academy Award. And I just, I don't know... How? <laughs> I, th- I think every category, every main category, I would nominate this. This was, I think, I can't remember, and I should have looked this up, but I guess I can look it up later. I think this was my number four movie of 2019 when I, like, did my year-end ranking. Hmm. And I think it's probably higher now. Like, if I were to look at what I ranked above it, I think I would probably put this higher. But I definitely think this was one of the best movies of 2019. Should have been nominated for Best Picture. I definitely think best picture, best director, like Trey Edward Schultz is like crushing this movie. Um, the the screenplay is great. Mm -hmm. Um, the acting is all great. Yeah. I think Kelvin Harrison jr. For lead Taylor Russell for lead Sterling K Brown for supporting. I was going to say, I think, I like, a... supporting actress, I don't quite know. Because, like, both, like, Renee Elise Goldsberry is really good, and Alexa Demi is really good. But I don't know if either of them has, like, enough. Yeah. That's fair. Cinematography. Um, and then maybe Hedges for supporting. Yeah, cinematography, oh my god, yeah. Cinematography for sure. Um, also, we didn't, even, we didn't even mention Trent Reznor and Atticus <laughs> Ross for score. Like, what a pull... For this movie, that is like, I mean, it's an A24, which gives it like a certain amount of indie credibility, mm-hmm. but it's like 
it wasn't one of the big indie movies that everyone talked about. But the fact that it has an Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor score is like huge. I the only thing I can think of, the only thing I can think of, <clears throat> um, is that a twenty four just had a banner year in twenty nineteen, and I think that like they're a small studio, they don't have a ton of money for award season pushes. And so they had to choose what they were going to put their money towards. And I, what do they un- pick? The favorite? Yeah. They were pushing the favorite yeah. really hard to get Best Picture. Man. Really, really hard for the favorite to get Best Picture. Because um, that fits what they would look for in. And to be Oscar. honest, that fits what the Academy would vote for. Right, like, it makes sense. Like, that's exactly. definitely the smarter play. Like, I get why they did that. But I, and I do wonder. And then it gives wonder... them the clout to make more of these sorts of movies that might not be what stuffy academy people will vote for but what people will see because they'll be like oh a24 they did that academy movie so yeah. fucking yeah. stupid <laughs> um but yeah i do wonder if in like if in a different year maybe a24 could have put more weight behind this particular movie because i do think that this movie is also the lobster was nominated level. Not in 2019. No, but it was nominated, which ma- makes sense why they would push the Yorgos Lanthimos Oh, sure. Film. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. Were you saying wasn't the favorite? Did no, I wasn't say the, the favorite? Lo- no. No, wasn't the lobster... Yeah, was it... The lobster was nominated for something the year that it was... Yeah. Out. Right. And so... And so A24 would that, push yeah. the favorite. Oh, sorry. Yorgos. I misunderstood you. Uh, Sorry. The favorite is not an A twenty four movie. The favorite <gasps> is, is a Fox okay, Searchlight yeah. movie. Oh. The farewell yeah. is the A twenty four movie I that I thought we were talking about. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but Waves is better than the farewell by a hundred percent. Yes. Oh my god. I was god, over here being what? like, yeah, I get why they'd push Olivia Coleman. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. No, I okay. I got that them confused sense. in my mind. The favorite is not an A twenty four movie. Okay. Got it, the got farewell, it. the Aquafina. Lulu Wong movie is the is the A twenty four movie that they were pushing really hard in twenty nineteen. Um, this was the one they should have put their weight behind. But like, 100%. here's the other movies that came out. The other A twenty four joints in twenty nineteen: Matt's beloved Under the Silver Lake, The Souvenir, Last Black Man in San Francisco, Midsommar, Ooh, The Farewell, Holy Shit, uh, The Lighthouse, and Waves and Uncut Gems. Like, <laughs> holy fuck, what a year. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Whoa. again. They were probably also pushing uncut gems then. Yeah, yeah. so I, like, I, I can see why it happened. It's just a really big bummer that it happened. Because I think that this yeah. movie is deserving of a lot of what it was not nominated for. Yeah. But I said my New Year's resolution was to push this podcast more, and I will start with waves and uh, <laughs> preaching its gospel. Um, I do want to just throw out really quick because uh, it it is my beloved, and I think Matt likes it, and you know Tierney you're precious, beholden to it against her will most of the time. But uh, sh- the Chicago what? Film Critics Association, oh. sh- Chicago, my beloved Chicago, and oh. Tierney's. <laughs> Tyranny's not beloved in Chicago. But anyway, they did recognize, at least they nominated Taylor Russell for one of their year-end awards. 
So, yeah, that good for them. So good. Yeah, that's it. That's waves, guys. We did it. That's we, it? we that's the waves. That's the waves. We finished another film festival. Oh, yeah, we did it. Um, and our next episode, our next two episodes, we won't reveal. What? But they're two. outside of the festival. Yeah. You got uh, one for one and one for twelve or nine or yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> uh, we what, still well, retrospective. We haven't the figured out the logistics yet. Already on the website, so there's no point in, <laughs> in pretending it, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, but um, then our PTA retrospective will follow. Yeah, we so we're, I feel like we're, it's gonna be too much for a podcast. I we we can talk. We we'll figure out logistics. We don't. We're not. Yeah. We're not confirming or denying anything at this point. Although I guess we are confirming that we are going to do a licorice pizza episode. So. Absolutely, we're doing a licorice pizza. Episode. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, listener, thank you for following along for another festival run. Uh, we'll obviously keep you posted with what's coming next after the licorice pizza and potentially a PTA. But until then, what are you have you guys been up to lately? The craziest what we've been up to. <laughs> I was, say, I was yeah. gonna, like, let's not go too insane. But if there's any like big picture stuff, like that for you want to highlight. Matt and Colin both had COVID, and I was supposed to be in Denver visiting Matt and Colin. <laughs> and my flight, I had to change my flight, so then I also watched a bunch of movies. Yeah, I was going to say, I was stuck at home alone for two weeks because of COVID. And Matt I was, was stuck, stuck at home alone for a week without a job because <laughs> it was in between Christmas and New Year's. And so Matt was stuck nothing. at his brother's apartment, also with COVID. <laughs> So, uh-huh. yeah, just a lot of a lot of streaming some shit at home. So yeah, I would say content Christmas. Let's let's do. You could list them all. Just do them rapid fire. I would say Don't either rapid fire list one. everything or like top three that you want to like shout out. I was gonna do good, bad, and ugly. I was gonna do the Ooh. good, the bad, and the ugly. All right. What I thought. All right, I'm good yeah. with that. All right, then you take the lead. I'm gonna rattle it off. Uh, I think the good. Uh, I watched all of Attack on Titan the anime series very good um oh my god siri just like turned on shut the fuck up siri um so good (laughs) attack on titan um uh god what else did i watch uh um oh uh the lost daughter um station 11 is borderline good Mm. and bad i'm not sure how i feel about it Mm. yet uh but it's fine uh insecure series finale uh, yeah, I would say those are those are the good. There's probably other stuff that I would throw in there too. Uh, the bad, uh, I thought Curb could have been better. Uh, I think Book of Boba Fett is not good. Have you watched I this think, second episode yet? Yep, I think it's boring as fuck. This show is doesn't know what it's supposed to be doing and isn't doing anything that it should be. Cool, and it's just boring. Um, uh, <laughs> Matrix Resurrections, thought it was bad. Um. Uh, oh, oh, in good, also Nightmare Alley and Spider-Man No Way Home. The thing uh, that gave you COVID? <laughs> I was going to say. The thing that gave me COVID. <laughs> worth it. Uh, and then Ghostbusters Afterlife, I also uh, enjoyed quite a bit. So those would all be in the good. Um, and then the ugly, I would say, uh, oh shit, I also watched White Lotus and that was great. You just uh, watched would say, White Lotus? <laughs> I just watched like White Lotus. I watched so much six years ago. (laughs) Um, And I don't know if I know an ugly. If anything, I would say Matrix Resurrections. Maybe. Oh, 
Don't look oh. up, I would say, borderline good and bad. I was like, no. Oh. This is fine. Oh. I would say oh. Matrix Resurrections can fit under ugly because it's a Matrix movie and looks like dog shit, so. Yeah, and it doesn't do anything <laughs> a Matrix movie does. It does all of the things that any movie does and not Matrix. So, yeah, I would put it in there. <clears throat> I think that's the summation. I forget if I watched or done it, anything else. <laughs> but that's me. Tyranny? That's it. Um, I'm not going to do it that way. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, I have something called The Rules written down. I have no idea what that is, but I guess I watched it. Uh, and then I had myself a little Jane Campion uh, film festival. Ooh. Watched The Piano and Power of the Dog. Both awesome. Uh, so common I've theme never... she has. What? Full Sorry. frontal nudal- nudity. <laughs> Benedict's Cumbersnatch. Yeah. Uh, I watch Hunt for the Wilder People uh, on the plane. I had myself a little Sam Neill film festival, too, apparently. Um, I read The Midnight Library, which is uh, a great premise. Kind of wish it was real. It's like the idea that every decision you've ever made has a whole alternate reality, and they're all in books, and you can see what your life oh. would be like if you made different choices. Um I watched The Landscapers, and this is probably, if you have one takeaway, besides The Power of the Dog being great, and you should watch that, is The Landscapers. Fantastic. Truly cannot recommend enough. <laughs> it was such a fun <laughs> crime drama and so different from any other crime drama out there. Um, it brought me such glee. And then I watched The uh, Lost Daughter because I had myself a little Olivia Coleman festival. Um, and she could play the worst villain, but she'd play it with such humanity that your heart would break for her. Uh, yep. And she's fantastic and the true queen of England. And um, oh, I also started rewatching Lord of the Rings. Hell yeah. <laughs> and live tweeting it. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're not following Tierney on Twitter, She's tweeting out the her Lord of the Rings rewatch right now, and it's good shit. Come, <laughs> be one of my five followers. <laughs> she, she, I was. I, I just started to, a Twitter like a month ago and didn't feel like following anyone besides like four people. <laughs> she was. Uh, I went to a movie last night, and she was tweeting her uh, fellowship rewatch. And I was, like, a little bummed that I had to put my phone away to watch this movie because I was like, man, <laughs> I'm going to have to catch up on her tweets later. Which, like, I did, and they were good. But I was like, it's fun when I'm, like, experiencing it live with you. <laughs> <laughs> in real in real time. Um, um, oh, so I guess I had a little New Zealand film festival there, too, with Hunt for the Wilder People and Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Look at me pairing things. And Jay Campion is from New Zealand, so the piano's from New Zealand, too. Oh, look at that. Look, look at that. <laughs> Symptomatic. <laughs> All right. Supersonic. Um, I'm going to read. I'm just going to do rapid fire. I might say a couple things yeah. about some stuff, but uh, here are all the movies that I've watched since we. And these. Yeah, I'll just say all <clears throat> the movies I've watched. Disgusting. Since, <laughs> since we last recorded uh, Spider Man No Way Home, Nightmare Alley, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Home Sweet Home Alone, the new one on Disney Plus. It is atrocious. Oh Do not watch. Uh, <laughs> a Christmas Story, oh, no. Matrix, Matrix Resurrections. I could not bring myself to rewatch two and three. I just went with one and four, and I'm okay oh, with that decision. <laughs> uh, language Lessons, The Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh, quick sidebar. Olivia Coleman's in that as well. Jim was texting me. It's so good. 
the animation oh. that uh, Philip Lord she's got some good lines. <laughs> and Chris Miller are doing is just unbelievable. It's like same studio that did Into the Spider-Verse, which was one of the coolest mm-hmm. animated movies I've seen in recent years. Mitchell's versus the Machines. I loved the movie. The animation was incredible. Hearty recommendation. Um, I watched Pig. Thought it was really good. Matt made a really bad joke and it pissed me off. I watched the movie Coda. um, Which... Please remind me what it was. I forget. I texted you and Joel and said, Pig was really good. And you said, yeah, I also like ham and bacon. Or ham and pork. Or (laughs) ham and... And I was like, you fucking asshole. (laughs) Good work, Matt. Um, Thank you so much. Coda is really good. Um, It made me sob. Would recommend. I saw The Novice. The Beta Test. Shiva Baby. No Sudden Move. Together Together. Procession. Which is that uh, documentary about survivors of... um, Catholic Church sex abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenal documentary. It is obviously a very tough hang, but holy shit, is it good. Would recommend. It's on Netflix now. Uh, Respect, the Aretha Franklin doc- uh, biopic. <clears throat> Not very good. Uh, mm. Probably don't watch it. It's also two and a half hours long. There's no reason for it to be that long. Mm. <clears throat> I watched Test Pattern, which is a really super indie movie that came out this year. Uh, very good. Strong recommend on that one. Swan Song, Mahershal Ali is great. Uh, The last 15 minutes just destroyed me. Uh, I finally saw Heat, Michael Mann's Heat. Oh, I've been meaning to. Fucking dope. Uh, You mean the movie from like the 80s? Uh, 1995, yeah. Great Val Kilmer performance. (laughs) Oh, I watched Dear Val. Or, yeah. Val? Val? I think it's just Val. Val. Yeah. Just Val. The documentary. I watched that, so yeah. Um,. Then I Did watched you Lost also Daughter. watch Val from across the room? Yeah, Val. Actually, I watched Val with Val, <laughs> uh, which was fun. Just layers. Just Val marathon. Yeah. Um, I watched The Lost Daughter, which I thought was like well made, but uh, didn't really get why everybody's raving about it. Mm. A lot of people are putting nah. it in top ten lists, and I was like, I would not put this anywhere oh. close to my top no. ten. <laughs> no, it would not. Uh, and then in my uh, COVID-induced state, I decided that on uh, New Year's Day I was going to rewatch the entire Lord of the Rings tr- trilogy, and so I did that. And those movies completely hold up and totally fucking rule. And then Except the for last some movie, legless uh, CGI is a bit like, uh, no. yeah, but it came out in like the early two thousands, so I'm willing to give it a pass. I'm just saying. <laughs> As the diehard fan myself, (laughs) I will be the first to admit that somehow Legless got the short straw. (laughs) He's too nimble. Yeah. If you watch Matrix Reloaded, it's the same kind of plasticky, stiff. Looks like a video game. Um, And then the last movie that I watched is the movie that I went to last night, and it is Licorice Pizza. And I will not step on the toes of the podcast. I told you that we you're not allowed to, to talk about it. We saw it too, but yeah. we didn't talk about it. I know, oh God, I know. So rude! Wow. You broke the rules. Here's what, all I'm gonna say. No, don't say anything. What? Well, say it. <laughs> What's all? I left say? the I left the theater and I texted Matt. I will watch that movie a thousand times. <laughs> Way to so. text me too. God damn. Well, Matt's still awake when I leave the theater at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> well, maybe I want to get it in the morning. Okay, I apologize. But I also, needed I an instant reaction to my... <laughs> what? I was awake. I was reading my book. 
Uh, okay, well, I apologize, but normally at 11 p.m. Central, you are not awake, and so I, I needed a quicker reaction than waiting until I woke up to this morning for your thoughts, so I apologize for not texting you, but I'm telling you now, I will watch that movie we a thousand times. I recording tonight because you were going to see Drive My Car last night. I said I was going to see Drive My Car if the theater that's playing it isn't holding it over, but they're holding it over, so I went to Licorice Pizza last night instead. I'll catch Drive this My Car this weekend. been recording last night. We couldn't because Matt was busy. I am. I was busy. <laughs> um, and then I watched a bunch of TV too. Uh, I'm not going to talk about most of that, but I will talk about Station Eleven. I still can't believe you're done, done talking about all the things you watched. I was literally alone in my apartment for two weeks. What the fuck else was I going to do? <laughs> you made your goal of 100 movies, though. I did. Yeah. So Lost Daughter was my hundredth. I saved that one in for the two weeks. No, in 2021, oh. I watched 100 oh. new release movies. <laughs> Got it. 2021 new movies. Yeah, yeah 2021 movies in 2021. I saved The Last Daughter for the last one because I had heard so much about it, and I was kind of bummed that that was my 100th. I was like, mm, oh. damn. But you got those uh, Paul Mescal short shorts. I sure did. God, yeah. Paul and Muscle? then recently Is it found Muscle out. Or Muscle? I've always said Mescal, but I don't okay. actually know. Uh, I also recently found out that he is dating Phoebe Bridgers, and now Mm -hmm. they're my favorite power couple. I I didn't even watch Normal People. He's great in it. Yeah, I've heard that he's good in that. I thought he was good in Lost Daughter and Phoebe Bridgers. I will follow her to the ends of the earth, so. Are you saying Last Daughter? Lost Daughter? Yeah, it is Lost Daughter. That's all. (laughs) I just thought you were saying Last Daughter. Oh, I... was not intentionally saying last daughter, but I may have because I was speaking quickly. Mm. The lo- the only other thing I want to mention that I did watch uh, is Station Eleven, and Matt is wrong. Station Eleven rules. Mm. As soon as we get done recording, I'm going to go watch episodes eight and nine, and I'm so excited. I stayed up until 4.30 a.m. on New Year's Eve watching seven episodes of Station Eleven back to back to back. <laughs> and at the end of all of those episodes, did you go, I'm finished? I'm finished.